Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Power is everything. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back. 9.03 the time, hour number three here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 65 degrees, partly cloudy skies. Those clouds will give way to a partly cloudy day. A little bit of sun, a little bit of clouds with a high of 81. Then tonight, mainly clear skies with a low of 57 degrees. If you missed uh, some of our interviews earlier and included one with uh, Coach Ryan Silverfield of the Tigers, we'll post that for you on the website, sportsmemphis.com. You can just go to Featured Audio and listen to what uh, Ryan Silverfield had to say about the big matchup Friday night, 6 o'clock at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium between the Tigers and the Tulane Green Wave. We also talked in hour number one about the Memphis Grizzlies, who were back in action last night, beating the Bucks 108-102 in preseason game number two. And it being Wednesday means the time to talk, uh, time to talk extensively about the Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole. Two watches, that's 12. Come through and slam on you. I'm in the air. It's time to talk some Grizzlies basketball. Joining Greg and Eli is DeMichael Cole, Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Here's DeMichael with Greg and Eli. We talk Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole every single Wednesday all year long. You can read him at the Commercial Appeal. I suggest you do. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael C. I suggest you follow him. And he joins us now on Sports 56 Mornings. How are you, my friend? What's going on, Greg? How we doing? Doing good. I know you're in your element now. There's actual games, even though they're preseason games. I understand that. But lots to talk about, lots to dissect. Before we actually talk about the team itself, you did have a uh, another great story about the Jaw One sneakers and about the local schools, not just local schools, but maybe even nationally, this brand is really catching fire, and that includes the University of Memphis. So what is it about the Jaw Ones that's uh, sparking interest with the colleges? Man, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, for one, it, it, it's Jaw's, you know, uh, marketability. You know, from him being a star NBA player, we see it everywhere we go. You know, when we go to New York, when we go to L.A., when we go to, you know, D.C., all these different cities, uh, when John Morant comes out to warm up, uh, the kids are all screaming his name. There's always a, a big contingency just waiting on him, you know, to come out for warm up. So there's that uh, in itself, just his markability as a player. But most of the reviews that I've heard on the shoes have been good. Uh, a lot of athletes. Uh, are, are really enjoying them, and and you know, referencing the story that you that you mentioned uh, that I wrote, uh, I talked to you know like some U of M volleyball players who uh, they were gifted, you know, uh, job one sneakers, and then it was uh, the rapper, you know, uh, men's basketball team, the Murray State men and women's basketball team, and then there's uh, Mississippi Valley State where his little sister uh, Naya Morant goes. Uh, well, she plays on the women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were gifted, you know, uh, the Halloween job ones, which I think the public doesn't even have access to yet. Like, so, um, you know, it's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of that lately. And and basically, with all those schools, there's a connection to John Morant. And uh, as we as we've seen, you know, throughout his journey up to this point, 
wherever there's a connection to him, he tends to show a lot of love. You know, that he's been very clear on his his, his loyalty and uh, things of that nature. And this is another way I think we've seen Josh showcase it. You know, uh, gift and shoes to like Rafford, where uh, one of the assistant coaches is one of his former assistant coaches you know, at Murray State. So that's mm-hmm. the connection to Radford. We know about the connection to Murray State. I just mentioned a c- connection to Mississippi Valley State and the Memphis one, you know, is self-explanatory. Yeah, I was going to, Radford was the one that I didn't know and I was going to ask you about that. I was like, I, I couldn't, when I read this, I was like, why Radford? I, I the, I, mm-hmm. but, I, but, but the hope is, I would imagine that it becomes, not only is he gifting because of his connections, but if it's a sneaker that, Players, basketball players, athletes of all sorts, really enjoy competing in those those sneakers. That perhaps maybe it becomes this national. I'm not saying it's going to over overpass um, or you know pass uh, Air Jordan, but you know your Kobe's, your Jordans, whatever. That yeah. it becomes your pennies. You, it becomes one of those brands that a lot of people outside of his connections are using. Yeah, uh, Jacob Gilliard, who's one of the uh, NBA players that's been wearing his shoes a lot lately, you know, plays with the Grizzlies. Now, we were talking uh, the other day, and, and he was telling me that, you know, he thinks that Ja has the best sneaker out right now. And he and before I could say anything else, he said, I'm, I'm not saying this just because he's my teammate. If he wasn't my, like, you know, he didn't say if he wasn't his teammate. He said that, you know, I'm not saying it's just because he's my teammate. He mm-hmm. said, if the shoes were bad, I would tell him. <laughs> he was like, but uh, he he has worn exclusively John One sneakers. I know uh, David Roddy is another player that's worn, and it's going beyond Grizzlies. When we see Dylan Brooks, you know, wearing the John Ones, and then we see uh, T.J. McConnell in the game against the Pacers, uh, first preseason game right. on T.J. McConnell's feet. He had on John One, so uh, I think that uh, the, the word is getting out a little bit around the NBA. You're starting to see more players, you know, test them out. We saw Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, where I'm last season, late in the playoffs uh, for the Denver Nuggets, you know, for a couple games, kind of looked like he was just testing them out. But uh, Ja has the respect of the guys. He has the marketability. And now it's just, you know, we'll see where the shoe goes from here. So a couple of preseason games in the books now. Um, we did see Steven Adams in the first game. Um, we saw Luke Kennard start in the first game. We saw Zaire Williams start the, the game last night. Overall, what have you taken out of the two preseason games you've seen so far? Uh, I mean, the main thing for me is, you know, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain have kind of solidified their roles as, as the two guys who will need to be prominent players on both ends. It's not just the offensive end. We've seen how they both taking their games. It looks like uh, they're doing more. Like Desmond Bain, we see the inside out already. Uh, but the playmaking, I mean, this past game, 21-5-5 five and five in limited minutes is, is really good stuff. And then Jan Jackson Jr., you know, we're seeing him, you know, operate more from the perimeter, off the dribble. Well, he's going to get fouled a lot. I mean, he's 6'7", 260, moving like that. Uh, guys are going to have no choice but to foul him. Uh, he's understanding when he got mismatches. He's, he's been efficiently shooting, you know, three-point shots lately. So those two guys are kind of asserting themselves as, look, jaws out. We are the guys who can average 20-plus points, and we're going to do that. You know, that's what they look like uh, at this point. I like uh, defensively certain guys are standing out. I think Zaire Williams in, game, in the second game really played well defensively. Uh, David Roddy gives you something there as well. Uh, Steven Adams and his presence in the first game uh, really stood out to me. Five rebounds for him in, I think, like 12 minutes. Didn't even play the second half. So he's, he's right, on, uh, right on par for the course for 
the way that he performs, you know, uh, rebounding, setting screens and things like that. Derrick Rose has looked good. Uh, I know scoring-wise, and that's what I think, this is why I think Derrick Rose is a good addition, you know, on the court as much as off the court because the first game it was scoring. It was the 13 points. Uh, I think he shot six of eight from the field. Uh, I think he only had two assists in that game. This game only shot one of five from the field, but guess what? Seven assists, still team high, plus minus. Uh, and, and he's still being effective. So mm-hmm. I think this is kind of what you can see, you know, envision from Derrick Rose when when he's having an off-site scoring because uh, we got to be honest with ourselves, he is 35, and, you know, his body isn't going to respond the same way for every single game. Uh, he's going to have some off-nights, so shooting-wise, scoring-wise. But his ability to facilitate, uh, playmake, and make his teammates better will kind of keep him on the floor. So uh, those are some of the things that stood out for me through two uh, preseason games. As you know, Taylor Jenkins said he was going to mix up lineups, starting lineups, rotations during this preseason to kind of get a feel how different combinations work. And he has done just that through the first two games. Of course, yesterday you did not have the services, as we mentioned, of Steven Adams. Marcus Smart was out again. So there were guys maybe deep on that bench that ended up getting some playing time. But for the most part, the the big story going in, well, I think one of them was answered with Steven Adams. You know, knock on wood, he stays healthy because we know how important he is. But the other one is who starts those first 25 games at the three. And Kennard started game one of the preseason, then you had Zaire in game two. Do you think that that is still an ongoing question in in Taylor's mind, or do you think he's still, or do you think he has an answer that he knows what he's going to do? Uh, I think, I think he he's leaning in a certain direction, but he you know he's going to let the process play out. You know the the process is the process. You know he said from day one that the Grizzlies are going to be uh, this is going to be a slower process than last year. Remember, Sponsy started that first preseason game, and he ran with it. We didn't mm-hmm. even get to see any other options you know, at the power forward spot, even though we went into media day uh, last season. That was a big discussion, who was going to take that spot. But Fonte got that opportunity, and that was all she wrote. Uh, well, in this case, Luke Kennard's got his. Uh, now we saw Zaire get his. I asked Taylor Jenkins, uh, does he foresee any of those other guys, David Roddy, Jake LaRegia, potentially getting opportunities. And he gave, you know, he, he did the little grin, and he said TBD. Uh, so uh, I, I think to be, if just reading into being around Taylor Jenkins for as much time as I have at this point, uh, usually when he gets secretive like that, he's probably leaning in a certain way and he doesn't want to say so. And if that's the case, then they probably got a clue. Uh, well, what's your guess? What, what's your my, guess which way he's leaning? My, my guess is Zaire. Okay. That was the guy that I wrote about, you know, as, as one who was kind of solidifying himself as standing out uh, in the competition, you know, early on in the practices because of his defensive ability. And if he plays defense like he did uh, yesterday against the Bucks, I, I think all signs are, are going to point to him being that guy because if you can start Zaire and, and he could be, you know, serviceable, be a positive in that situation, it, it affords you the opportunity of bringing Luke Kennard off the bench and him being, you know, that spark plug. If you start Luke Kennard, you don't have that guy that's going to score mm-hmm. 10 points in three minutes. Sure, Derrick Rose can, but I'm talking about game to game. You know, uh, game to game, you can get that from Luke Kennard. And it just, starting Zaire Williams kind of deepens you. You know, it, it just gives the roster a little bit more flexibility. You know, his defensive ability in the starting lineup takes a little bit of pressure off Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart. Uh, it, it would be nice for him to win it. Uh, and David Roddy can give you some of that same stuff. So I want to see if he's going to give 
you know, his side as well. But right now, I think Zaire kind of, a, you know, made a strong statement in that second game. Do you, um, do, do we, should we expect to see Marcus Smart in any of the preseason games? I think we will. Um, but when that is, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, from what I was told is, you, he's this injury is is very minor. It's nothing serious, and he is not going. He's not expected to miss any regular season action because of it. So, with that being the case, uh, in my mind, I think uh, we, we can firmly say that we'll see him at some point in the preseason. I think it's important to see him in the preseason as much as anyone because with his role, we're talking about a guy who going to come in and, and get the primary ball handling role. Remember, Derrick Rose was just talking about how uh, he's learning, you know, where guys like the ball, you know, mm-hmm. who, who to pass the ball to in certain situations and things like that. Some guys like to shoot the corner three-pointer. Some guys like the wing three-pointer. Like, some guys are, are very good rolling to the basket. Some guys aren't. Like, Derrick Rose is learning all of that, you know, amidst the game action. And I think Marcus Smart needs that same opportunity. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember what the Grizzlies shot game one against Indiana from three, but it was something like 21%. 20, 21%. Okay, so yeah. 21%. They come back last night, they make 13 threes, but they shoot the ball 45 times from behind the arc. That's 28.9%. And Bain's playing, Kennard's playing, right? you got to figure Marcus yep. Smart will help. You know, John knocks him down. Here. John knocks him down every once in a while. But is that a major concern, again, is the outside shooting and the consistent outside shooting? Uh, Greg, so I was, you know how on, on social media your flashbacks from a year ago pop up. On, mm-hmm. and, and one of my flashbacks that popped up on my Instagram story was one year uh, ago I posted a story from the Orlando Magic preseason game and do you want to know what my headline in that story said? What? The head... <laughs> The headline in that story, one year one year ago today, it said, shooting struggles hurt Memphis Grizzlies in preseason <laughs> loss against the Orlando Magic. You can pretty much take that whole uh, thing verbatim and just change loss to win in yeah. the team they played. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's not to say that the team hasn't improved or, or they won't improve because one thing that I want to mention is we talked about the offense uh you know, changing and they have they're implementing these new things and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, Taylor Jenkins likes the shot that the Grizzlies are getting. I think from what I've seen, you know, guys are missing decent looks. They are. You know, Santi Aldama was 0 for mm-hmm. 6 from three point range in this last game. Kenneth Lawson Jr. was 0 for 5. You know, uh, they're getting decent looks. They're missing them. Now, Desmond Bain shot 4 of 6 in this last one. Luke Kennard is a guy who hasn't gotten going yet, and I don't think there's a person in Memphis, Tennessee that's worried about his three-point shooting. I mean, he can miss probably for the rest of the preseason, and when the lights come on, uh, people still probably expect Luke Kennard to hit. But uh, to answer your question, I think there is some minor concern there because you're depending on three-point shooting to improve in order for this new offense to work. Remember, the Grizzlies are thinking about going five out more. Uh, Xavier Tillman's going to shoot more three-pointers. He went over to in this last game. Uh, Steven Adams will get the opportunity, uh, being that there'll be five out. I'm sure he'll he'll get some open looks. Whether he shoots them or not is up to him. But he has the green light. You know, is what the coaches are saying. So, at the end of the day, if you want this five-out thing to work, if you want this whole emphasis on spacing to work, God's got to knock down the shot. So, this offense is dependent on it. That's why I think the concern comes in. 
Like, if you're not making them in preseason, guys, when the season starts, other teams are going to say, okay, make me a believer before they finally start respecting, you know, this idea. It's like last season in the playoffs. I don't think the Grizzlies had a problem facing the floor when Dylan Brooks was on the floor, uh, but the Lakers just straight up said, he's got to make us a believer. And they and teams can do that against the Grizzlies, and if they do that this season, uh, all this talk about spacing and new offense and stuff, it won't really matter because they got to make shots. Yeah, and certainly Santi at 0 for 6, that's a guy who you you really, I mean, that's part of his game is making threes, yeah. and they're going to need him. I mean, Kenny Lofton Jr. is not going to shoot five threes in a game very often. So going him going 0 for 5, you know, LaRavia took 10, we'll see, you know, went 3 for 10, we'll see how many minutes he gets. Certainly he's one of those guys you expect to be able to knock down shots, and if he's not able to do that, then minutes are probably going to be really hard to come by for LaRavia. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's what he's in the game for, right? He says it himself. He says he's a shooter. Uh, and we talked about his confidence. Remember, Jake LaRavia straight up said that he belongs in that conversation with uh, Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain as shooters uh, on the Grizzlies. Now, I, I, you know, I'm not ready to go that far yet. Cause those are <laughs> those aren't even just elite shooters on the Grizzlies. They, those are elite NBA shooters. Yeah. Period. So, uh, I mean, being an elite shooter on the Grizzlies is one thing, but you know, the whole league is another. But uh, Jake LaRavia is, I think, in that gap. He's above those league average guys that the Grizzlies have, you know, I say the, the Zaire Williams, David Roddy, John Morant, Marcus Smart level, he's above those guys, but uh, you, you need to see it more. I, I, I like what he's doing. He went 3 of 10 in this last game, and everyone's talked to him about being aggressive, right? So I think the aggressiveness is starting to be there. So now it's all about execution. And at the same time, you know, with the Grizzlies shooting, another thing that I, I got to point it out is they're shooting terrible, but their opponents are shooting even worse than them. In the two games so far, uh, they've held both of their opponents under 25% from three-point shooting. So if you're not going to make them, you, you better make them. You better defend them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Three games left in the preseason, which seems like it's three too many. Uh, I don't know if I would play Dar- Jaron Jackson Jr. and Des Bain. I mean, these are worthless games, let's be honest. But they look it, good, yeah. Is there anything that – needs to be addressed if you were in Taylor Jenkins' shoes over the next three preseason games they need to see before they yeah. get rolling on the 25th? I think that second-to-last preseason game is you use as kind of your dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right now, like, Desmond Bain played the most minutes in his last game where he used just around 26 minutes. Uh, I think you want to see Desmond Bain get up to about 30, 31 minutes. Uh, you know, he's probably going to play around 32 or so, 33 uh, in the NBA regular season, but you want to you want to you know get him up up there a little bit more. I know Luke Kennard was talking about how after that first game he did feel it a little bit. Desmond Baines talked about it in the past. So I, I say one more dress rehearsal. He say let's try to get Dez up to about 31, 32. Uh, maybe you know get Jaren to about 28, 29, uh, and around around there somewhere. And then you kind of you know can formulate a rotation in that same game too. Like try to run a. Uh, you know, a dress rehearsal type rotation. If Zaire Williams is your starting uh, guy, uh, you know, run Luke Kennard starting with the bench and then uh, figure out how you're going to work those rotations. Because I'm sure even though Zaire Williams may start, uh, Luke Kennard's minutes still possibly will be close to or maybe even more than his. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is definitely a possibility as well. So uh, I think you use one more game as a kind of like a dress rehearsal. Then that last game can kind of be like your last game of the regular season where it's like, uh, let's see what all, how many points Kenneth uh, Lawson Jr. can <laughs> score and things like that. Well, it would be, and it would be nice, as I said, if Smart could be available. 
Because you're going to do that dress rehearsal, you would like to at least get smart out there in one of these games with all of these guys. Yeah, uh, and, and that's what I, I think you want to see him uh, at least once. Yeah, I, I think twice would be good. Mm-hmm. Twice. Because I, to me, I, I would want to see him with Bain. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> He's the Michael Cole. Three more preseason games before it starts for keeps on the 25th, and he will have you covered at the Commercial Appeal. Catch him every Wednesday talking Grizzlies with us all year long. He's the Michael Cole. You can follow him on Twitter at DeMichael C. DeMichael, as always, thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. I appreciate you guys. Take care. You too. Of course, when the Grizzlies are playing, if you're not at the games, you want to watch the games, great place to do that is East Coast Wings and Grill when all the action is on. With Grizzlies, Tigers, NFL, college football, always got the games on. Major League Baseball playoffs, the games are always on at East Coast Wings and Grill. Plenty of TVs to watch all of the action while enjoying great food, great drinks, just a great atmosphere. Food includes 60 different flavors of wings that you could choose from on that menu. There's something on there for everybody. Uh, certainly, you'll find your favorites and fall in love with them, but you can always try new ones as well. Again, 60 flavors to choose from and all available in seven different heat indexes. If it's not wings you're looking for, well, they got great burgers or flatbreads, other sandwiches, salads, all kinds of great stuff to choose from on the menu at East Coast Wings and Grill, plus 24 draft beers on tap. Any other things that you need drink-wise, well, they got you taken care of and a great staff to serve you as well. East Coast Wings and Grill is located off Highway 64. It's on Kate Hyde Boulevard, which is the street that runs right between the Lowe's and Walmart there off Highway 64. Very easy to find. Great food, great drinks, and a great place to watch all the action. East Coast Wings and Grill. All right, when we come back, we will have five uh, five favorite things, your five favorite television moms. If you have not put together a list yet and you want to participate, you can do so now, 901-360-8255. If you would not mind, number your list, 5 to 1, 1 to 5. That doesn't really matter. You can also send it in via YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on the website, sportsmemphis.com. Also, um, an interesting list that Chris Vanini from The Athletic has put together as far as his group of five top ten. Where does Memphis stand and the importance of this game on Friday against Tulane as far as the New Year's Six is concerned? We'll discuss that as well in our final half hour and change. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Witness the power. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I've been roaming around, always looking down at all Welcome back, everybody. 9.30 the time. Final half hour for us today here on Sports 56 Mornings. Dave Willotion returns. He's next. Wolo and Friends starting at 10 o'clock. Right now, though, it's time for five favorite things. 
This is Gordon speaking. And I just love a number that's the same as my finger. You see, I've got five fingers on this hand, and that's five. Five! Now let's stomp five times. One, two, three, four, five. I'm in high five. I got five on it. Five favorite things. In the past, we have done five favorite television dads. Today, it's all about the moms, your five favorite television moms. Get your list together if you haven't done so already. Text it in on the Sports 56 listener line at 901-360-8255. Or hit us up via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website sportsmemphis.com. Uh, I'll go first, then we'll go Zach, Eli, and then we'll get to our callers. So here we go. Five favorite television moms. I will begin with an honorable mention, and that would be Sophia Petrillo of the Golden Girls. Number five, Beverly Goldberg of the Goldbergs. Number four, Florida Evans. Good times. Number three. Number three. <laughs> Where is number three? Um... Uh, Partridge. What's her name? I forgot her name. From the Partridge family. Um, number two, Peg Bundy, married with children. And number one, Carol Brady of the Brady Bunch. I forgot to write down my number three. There's my list. Partridge in a pear tree? The was Partridge, Partridge family. In, was it Partridge in a pear tree? <laughs> what was her first name? I have no idea. <laughs> never watched the Partridge family in my life. You never watched the Partridge family? Nope. Now I gotta look it up. It was uh, Partridge Family. Now that's something we can agree on, Eli. Well, that was that was way way before your time. Um, It was Shirley Jones, and she played. She what a stretch! She played Shirley Shirley Partridge. Wasn't even her name. She went with a different name in the show. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. All right, there's my list, Zach. All right, so no honorable mention with mine. So we get straight into it. Number five, I went with Janet Kyle from My Wife and Kids. Okay. Number four, Florida Evans. So we got so good we got, times. Yeah. Number three, Harriet Winslow on uh, Family Matters. Mm-hmm. Number two, Vivian Banks from The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. And then number one, the mom of all moms, in my opinion, and that's Claire Huxtable. Yeah, I was thinking about Claire Huxtable, Claire. but you know. Bill Cosby just. Well, here's I the just thing. don't want to go anywhere it's near the Cosby Bill. show. That's yeah, the this, thing. This, this week, last week you were a little scared to go with Bill Cosby. This week you could go. You could go yeah. Claire Huxtable. You're you're Claire completely safe, safe going Claire Huxtable. You're no, you're, if you got Claire Huxtable on your list, you're safe. This is not Bill. We're you know, you know what's interesting with Family Matters? Love the show. The mother just doesn't stand out to me because the father was so prominent. Because uh, her character was on. Uh, so Family Matters was a spinoff of the. I forgot, man, I forgot the It was a spinoff, show. really? Family Matters? Yeah, it was a spinoff. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I'm going to find, I'm gonna find the, the original name. Okay. But her character, Harriet, was was a, a supporting role for another TV show. Okay. And they said that the, the audience members loved their character so much that the writers spun off her so character. So they spinned off a whole Family series Matters. because of her? Yes. Wow. And I, I just don't remember her being that prominent because, again, her husband dominated Right, and then, of course, 
Urkel. Did I do that? Yeah. Urkel I mean, Ur- Urkel. But it was Ur- but it, yeah, but it was Urkel's relationship a lot of the times with with the father. Right? The father who's now on a commercial for uh, insurance. What's his name? Um Bell Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his relationship <laughs> with Urkel really made that show. Urkel was the guy. I understand that. The show was called Chicago Chronicle. I never heard of it. And, so, never heard and they either. spun that off into Family Matters yes. because of the mom. Wow, interesting. Was Urkel part of the Chronicle? No. Urkel was probably a late edi- one of those late editions by writers, and all of a sudden like he becomes the dude. He makes the show. All right, what do you got, Eli? He's far from the dude. In the show, he was the dude. He's not a dude. You can't call it, you can't call Urkel. He's not a dudette. You can't call him a dude. He's, he's far from a dude. Okay. The dude, first of all, the dude is only one. That's Big Lebowski. I know. And Urkel's far from that. <laughs> uh, all right. Honorable mention goes to Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Number five, Gloria Pritchett. That is Sofia Vergara in fam, uh, Modern Family. Uh, number four, Marie Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. Almost made my list. Number three, it's hard to have a list without Florida Evans. Florida Evans is like the ultimate yes. TV mom. Like, just, I don't know. There's something about her. Plus, the line from Friday, one of my fa- favorite movie lines of all time. You Florida Evans looking. <laughs> I just, so I always, I always just think of Florida Evans. Like that James, line, James, that, that James. That line cracks me up. With you Florida Evans looking. But anyway, number two, Myra Rose from Schitt's Creek. Oh, good one. I didn't even oh, think about she's that. She's so awesome. Oh, Gosh, she's she was. Awesome. She was. And number one, another classic. You only want honorable mention, but Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls. Sophia and the Golden Girls was just. Oh, she was great. She's so awesome. I can't believe you didn't have Peg Bundy on your list, did no, you? No, I did not. Al made that show. Peg. Not you didn't like so Peg, huh? She's all right. Not, Peg. Not. Uh, Al was that show. All right. Alan, Alan Kelly were that show. I didn't like the mom, and I didn't like Bud. Didn't like Bud? Not a big Bud fan. Bud took a lot of abuse. He did. He so did. did the neighbors. Yes, they did. <laughs> All right. What do we got uh, from our callers? Our listeners, rather. John has uh, number five, Jill Taylor, Home Improvement. Got heavy consideration I liked her. for I, me. Yeah, I liked her. Number four, Edith Bunker. Number three, Mrs. Jefferson, uh, which is... Uh, What's her first name? Um, wasn't Wheezy. Wheezy. That's right. Wheezy. Uh, number two, Sophia from the Golden Girls, and number one, Marion Cunningham. Uh, of course, from Happy, Happy Days. Days. Yeah. Honorable mention to Thelma from Mama's Family. Uh, Marie. Honorable mention to Florida Evans. Number five, Samantha from Bewitched. Number four, Peggy Bundy. Number three, Morticia Adams. Number two, Lily Munster. Got a dark side. Uh, number one, Olivia Walton. I assume that's from the Waltons. From the Waltons, yeah. Never I, watched that show. I, I watched it. I did. It was kind of corny, but... Good night, John Boy. Yeah. That's the only thing I know from that show because it used to always be on right before Cubs baseball. <laughs> and when I would turn on the game, it would be the end of the Waltons. And I always heard, heard good night, John Boy. Yes. The only thing I know about yes. the Waltons whatsoever yes. is good night, John Boy. Ended it all the time. You're not a big fan of Ike Godsey? He had the convenience store. No idea what you're talking about. He sold cellular phones. Raider Corey, number five, Peg Bundy. Number four, Lucy Ricardo. Number three, Florida Evans. Number two, Claire Huxtable. And number one, Carol Brady. 
You guys just continue to overrate the Brady Bunch. Oh, come on. It's so There's overrated. no overrating the Brady Bunch. No yes, overrating it. it. No so way. Overrated. So overrated. Come on. Uh, let's see here. And then like that fine wood paneling that Mike put up in that home. Come on, man. It was beautiful. Oh, boy. This one, they came with all the actresses' names. Okay. We got uh, Diane Carroll from Julia. Okay. Number four, Marion Ross. Happy days. Happy days. Mm -hmm. Number three, Felicia Rashad, which beat Cosby Show. Number two, Barbara Billingsley. Leave it to Beaver. Says, it's the apron and pearls for me. (laughs) (laughs) She was good. She was good. Um, Oh, Beave. And then number one, June Lockhart as Ruth Martin from Lassie. Anytime a mother can understand what a dog is saying, that's my number (laughs) one deal breaker. (laughs) You could have went June Lockhart from um, Lost in Space. She was in Lost in Space, too. I think she was a mom in Lost in Space, right? I have no idea what Lost in Space is. You never saw Lost in Space? No. Danger Will Robinson? You never heard that sl- that saying? Danger Will that, Robinson? I have no idea. That's from that. Lost in Space. Uh, Tennessee Tom. Honorable mention to Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Number five, Claire Dunphy. I love Claire, but Sophia Vergara's character, Gloria, slightly outdistanced her for that number five spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Marion Cunningham. Number three, uh, Rose, Betty White from Golden Girls. Uh, number two, Kitty Foreman from that 70s yes, show. Yes, she was good. And number one, June Cleaver. <laughs> Best line, Ward, you were a little hard on the beaver. <laughs> I almost had an ad. Oh, I almost had it. He gosh. went with the Bob's big, the Bob's Burgers uh, mom, which was a good one. I almost went animated. I almost went with uh, Wilma Flintstone. Almost pulled the trigger on Wilma. Randy, honorable mention to Edith Bunker, number five, Gloria Pritchett, number four, Kitty from 70 Show, number three, Florida Evans, number two, Roseanne, and number one, Lois Griffin. <laughs> I assume that is... Uh, Roseanne's a good one. My, uh, what's the family guy? Is that Lois yes. Griffin? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Ron, uh, honorable mention to Edith Bunker. Number five, Ruth Martin from Lassie. Number four, Claire Huxtable. Number three, Carol Brady. Number two, Marion Cunningham. And number one, June Cleaver. Uh, Bobby. Number five, Peggy Hill. King of the Hill. Number four, Carol Brady. Number three, Peg Bundy. Number two, Florida Evans. And number one, Thelma Harper. With an honorable mention to Wilma Flintstone. So three of my five... From his list. Uh, Let's see. Number five, Edith Bunker. Number four, Carol Brady. Number three, Peg Bundy. Number two, Kitty from that 70s show. And number one, June Cleaver. Uh, Carolyn on Twitter. Now it says, honorable mention, June Cleaver. And then in parentheses, it says, my favorite. If it was your favorite, that would be number one, not not an honorable mention. You would think, right? I don't know. It's a little weird. I don't know, maybe favorite amongst all of the others other than my Others top five. receiving votes. It was uh, your favorite. Number five, Marion Cunningham. Number four, Edith Bunker. Number three, Claire Huxtable. Number two, Carol Brady. And number one, Rainbow Johnson from Blackish. I have not watched. That's with uh, Anthony Anderson, but I don't. 
Yeah, I didn't watch it as much. The one show I didn't that you have one on your list, or maybe even no, you have one on your list, and then some other people came with a different mom. Was the show with um, um, the the so uh, what's her name? The beautiful Modern Family, Farm Girl. Yeah, I I never watched it. I like I watched bits and pieces, but never consistently watched that Great show. show. But I, I know it's great. I mean, obviously, people respond to that. Every time we do one of these things with television, comedies, or actors, it's always that show's always included. Uh, Colin, honorable mention, both Gloria and Claire from Modern Family. Yeah, there you he go. did not separate the two. Uh, Sophia from Golden Girls. Marge Simpson. <laughs> Laura Lee Gilmore. Is yeah, from, from the Gilmore, Gilmore Girls? Girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tammy Taylor, Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And Claire Huxtable. Uh, James and Romano. That's from uh, One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. Yeah, she was was pretty good. Yeah. Jane Jetson, Lily Munster, Morticia Adams, and June Cleaver. Morticia Adams, June Cleaver, very similar. (laughs) Lily Munster, just, she didn't do much. Nor did Morticia, to be honest with you. But I, I did not watch those shows either. But at least, you know, Morticia was making out with the Gomez. I mean, it was, she was doing something, man. I don't know what uh, Yvonne DiCarlo was doing as Lily Monster. She wasn't doing much. Phil, number five, Wheezy. Number four, Lucy Ricardo. Number three, Jill Taylor. Number two, Kitty. Kitty from that 70s show getting a lot of love. Yeah, I didn't watch that consistently either. But again, when I've watched reruns, it's funny. And, and, and she's good. She's really good in that. Number one, June Cleaver. June Cleaver, she's like the, she's like the classic TV mom. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Mary Tyler Moore didn't get any love for that uh, for the Dick Van Dyke show, as a mom, in one of her big time roles, one of the beloved actresses of all time. But no, no love for her. Uh, so this is Lois Griffin has to be one of the greatest animated moms. <laughs> she takes a lot of crap. If we do the, she? If we do the category of just animated moms. Animated moms? I never, I never, I never watched Family Guy, so I don't know about that. But I, she's great. She, I mean, the, that Marge, character's great. Marge, Marge or Jane Jetson would be one of my animated moms list, probably. Wilma Flintstone. Come on, Wilma. Hot redhead. Come on, got to go, Wilma. I was actually more. I was. I think I'm more of a Betty. You're more Betty. More Betty than Wilma. Yeah, you know, Betty was Betty was fine. Nothing wrong with Betty. But Wilma had to put up with Fred, and she, you know, was. Made, I guess they made that as a um, an animated honeymooners type thing, and so it was kind of the um, Ralph Cramden and and whatever her name was, Trixie, I forget her name, the Meadows, the, the wife, and then they made the Flintstones. Fred, I'm pretty sure this is right, and Fred and Wilma were made kind of in the image of them, like he would. You know Fred, he's going off on, and she would like look at him and just go, you know, like basically shut the hell up, Fred. Fred would threaten her. Shut the hell up, Fred. She didn't say that, but. Could raise a dinosaur. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Taking care of a dinosaur. If you got, if all that, all the other responsibility that comes with being a mom and, and raising a dinosaur. That makes it. That's impressive. I mean, it's it's hard enough right now. I'm taking care of the my wife's out of town. The the litter for three cats. I mean, can you imagine the litter for a dinosaur? Ooh. Didn't Barney have like a saber tooth tiger or something as a pet? Yes, yes, yes. That's right. They did. They, did, they did. They had a yeah. tiger. Yeah. See that? Yeah. But a dinosaur, the, the dinosaur dung. It's gonna be a. It's that's a big cleanup right there. Okay. Yeah. See Tennessee Times with me. Betty much hotter than Wilma. Yeah, I like redheads. Though. That's kind of like the whole. That's that's. 
Marianne. That's kind of Marianne <laughs> and Ginger. It's the same thing. It's the same same type of comparison. It's not bad. That's the, the, yeah. it's the brunette versus the redhead. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm not. Ten, Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee Tom want to go down this rabbit hole real quick? Like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what we're about to have? Tennessee Tom, yeah, he wants to go down a lot of rabbit holes. Your five favorite <laughs> hot animated women. Well, the first thing I was thinking about when you came up with the topic. Jessica Rabbit or whatever. Is that, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, I can yeah. do I can, I can give you a top five for that one. <laughs> I just give him, I can do it. We, well, Marge, we, we Simpson, save for Marge Simpson not making that list. <laughs> no, no. Marge is off that list. <laughs> that voice, it's bad enough when they listen to that voice. But yeah, when you came up with the topic yesterday, I'm like, five TV moms. I almost wanted to say, all right, five TV We're not asking about the five hottest television moms necessarily, just your five favorite television moms. Then again, your criteria, we know with Tennessee Tom, has a lot to do with the uh, hotness, especially with the animated ones. Uh, well, who did he... He had June Cleaver at number one, so I don't know if he was going. And he had Betty White on his list. Betty White, Betty White in her day, man, it was good. Looking. Claire Dunphy, Claire Julie, Julie Bowen is that's her. the blonde. Yeah, the blonde. Obviously, Sophia Vergara. If she's on your list, she's she's pretty good. Marion Cunningham was on his list. I don't think anybody was no drooling over Marion Cunningham. No, I don't think so. I think oh, although gotta watch this one. Although Fonzie, I think wanted to speak of happy days. <laughs> I think Fonzie may have wanted to, you know, jump in the hay with her. Happy ending with happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, Genesis Diamonds, located in the Poplar Common Shopping Center, Poplar and Perkins Extended. Changing the diamond game, changing the jewelry game here in Memphis. Folks have been finding out as they go in there. When you check out the selection, the value, the service, everything that you get when you go see the folks at Genesis Diamonds absolutely will amaze you. Diamond rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, thousands of engagement rings right there in the store. Not, hey, come look at this catalog and pick something out. No, right there in the store. Thousands for you to choose from. Colored gemstone jewelry. It's a jewelry superstar. Superstore. No pressure, no games, no crazy pricing right there in front of you. An amazing selection at great prices with great people to help you. So if you are looking to get engaged, if you've got a special anniversary coming up, holidays will be here before we know it. You're thinking jewelry, go check out Genesis Diamonds. Poplar Commons Pop, a Shopping Center right there. Poplar Perkins Extended. They're right in the middle of the shopping center. You're going to absolutely love it when you go in there. You'll thank me for sending you to Genesis Diamonds. The unofficial group of five top ten will tell you where the Athletic puts Memphis and where they put Tulane heading into their big battle on Friday night here in Memphis. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Okay, you know, this card looks great wrapped around you, you know. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. This hour is a brought to you by Acura Memphis, Ridgeway 385 online, acuramemphis.com. Great cars, great people, always a great experience when you go see the folks at Acura of Memphis. So... Zach, do you want to correct yourself here? Because we've had a lot of texts and other people correcting you. That yeah, the no, spinoff I, is actually... I, I realized the mistake. I got really excited because I because that was a fun fact that I knew. 
Uh, hey, wrong fun fact. Oh, fun so, fact that you knew that you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what is so it? So Family Matters was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. That's mm-hmm. crazy to think about. Perfect yeah. Strangers with Bronson Pinchot. I did not know it because I, I, I used to, I used to love Perfect Strangers. I had no idea. I really did not know that Family Matters yeah. was a spinoff of that. So yeah. Family Matters is is located, the setting is Chicago? Yes. Okay, just like Perfect Strangers. Yeah, All right. so she, yeah, he's she a Chicago worked policeman. at... Yeah, so she worked at the Chicago Chronicle as an elevator operator. So that's gotcha. why. Wow, I, I had no idea yeah. that, ba- that was a spinoff. That makes a little bit more sense, though. Balky Bartakamus, one of the great. Balky. Uh, he was one of the great TV characters. I, I, I used to love Perfect Strangers. So um, our friend Chris Vanini, friend of the show from The Athletic, has put together his top 10 group of five schools, his rankings. Again, nothing official with this, but he's pretty good at what he does. He covers the group of five pretty seriously. He has Wyoming at number one. Five and one coming off their win over Fresno State. He has Tulane at number two at four and one. He has James Madison at five and oh, number three. But James Madison is ineligible to play in their conference championship game, so thus ineligible to be the New York Six representative, the group of five representative in the New York Six bowl game. He's got Air Force number four. They are five and oh. Air Force Wyoming play this week, one versus four. Then he has Fresno State at number five. At 5-1, and one. so he's got a lot of love for the Mountain West. He's got three in the top five. And then he has Memphis at 4-1 and one at number six. So, according to his list, you have a battle between number two Tulane, number six Memphis, and number four Air Force, and number one Wyoming coming up this week. Huge games in the group of five. The rest of his top ten, Ohio, seventh, 5-1, Marshall, eighth, 4-1, Troy, ninth at 4-2, and two. And then SMU, which Memphis will have later on in the season at home, they are three and two. He's got Liberty just missing out, others receiving votes. And of course, they are undefeated so far, but haven't played a real tough schedule. And when it's all said and done, really will not play a tough schedule. But Memphis having a chance Friday night to move up those rankings with a win over Tulane. Absolutely. We talked a lot about the Tigers today. We'll continue to do so tomorrow with the Tigers football report. We'll break down the Tigers battle with Tulane. Also, we'll be joined by the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore. Kerry Miller will join us from Bleacher Report to talk Major League Baseball playoffs. And then we'll have the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour from 9 to 10 with Harold Grader and our world-famous Pick 6. Big shout-out to our great guests today, Ryan Silverfield, Randy Feetner, Jerry Palm, and to Michael Cole. And again, you can catch the podcast, Sports 56 Mornings podcast. We break it down hourly. Just go to the website, sportsmemphis.com, and check out some of these great interviews from our show and other shows on the uh, featured audio part or portion of the website. Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 is next. The return of the prodigal son, Dave Woloshin. For Eli Savoy and for Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody. Hey!